All right. Hey, guys. I have with me somebody freaking amazing. I'm so excited to introduce you to her. I have Rocky Callen with us. She is a former best-selling indie novelist, the founder of Bleed, Inc., and the creator of the Bleed, Inc. and Bali Experience, and she is now represented by New York Literary Agency. Welcome, Rocky. Thanks so much for having me, Jennifer. I am really excited to share what I know about selling fiction. Awesome. Yeah, that's. I find that's sort of the, I don't know what you would call it, but like the thorn in your side type of a thing for an author a lot of the times because almost every training out there talks about nonfiction or how to market mm-hmm. a nonfiction book, but no one ever really talks about what do you do if you write fiction. So exactly. I'm excited to hear your take. Yes, absolutely. And I think that it's really important to underscore that this conversation, this, you know, fiction marketing is relevant to indie authors and traditionally published authors. A lot of times people go into traditional publishing and get really excited, you know, when they get a book deal and then think that they're just handing off all of the marketing responsibility to the publisher. And more often than not, that responsibility still lies in the hand of the author. And so, all of this information is awesome for you if you have a literary agent, a book deal, or if you have, you know, titles already up on Amazon as an indie author or about to launch. So, and like you said, it's so different from nonfiction. One is because generally nonfiction is about getting clients or building your platform or getting speaking gigs, you know, the the number one priority isn't necessarily the book sales. Whereas for fiction, you need the book sales in order to eat. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's what it all comes down to. And there are a few things that I've found that are absolutely essential. And – This first one is really important for indie authors. So indie authors, and of course all authors, this is why publishers have entire teams devoted to this, is you need to have a really excellent, you have to have really excellent branding for your book. And it needs to be professional. So far too often an indie author will, like, write their book and get so excited that then they, you know, rush to publish and don't get it professionally edited. And that can really follow you if your desire is to have a career as a novelist. You need to treat your fiction as if it is a business because that is exactly what it is. You're becoming a career author. So, you don't want to take, you know, always the cheapest options. You don't want to just put things out there right after, you know, you wrote the end. You really want to be strategic and mindful about the brand you're creating for yourself as an author and the brand for each book itself. So things like having an extraordinary book cover is really important making sure that you have great editing, very important. You know, you want your book to stand alongside a traditionally published book and for there to be 
no difference in terms of the quality. And with book covers, this is just one of the things that, you know, we do judge books by their cover. So if you're writing a fiction book or any book, you want to make sure that that cover is intriguing, that that cover elicits a specific emotion related to, you know, the tone of your book. You want to make sure that it's professional in, in how it's like typeset and how it's formatted and how the, you know, title sits on the, on the image. All of those things are considerations that you have to think about. And, you know, there's some great um, courses out there about how you can create your own covers. And there's also um, many, many, many designers out there who are extraordinary. So that's one thing is make sure you have an awesome cover. Now, going more into the – there's branding, there's credibility, there's exposure. So credibility, you know, unlike many – many like nonfiction writers, the credibility lies in like, okay, how many clients have they had? You know, how much revenue do they have? What kind of impact have they made? For fiction, the reader doesn't care about you as an author other than, you know, your story of becoming an author. That can be really inspiring for readers. But what they really want is the book, the story to be good. And so you need to get as much out there as possible in terms of reviews that will really underscore that that is true. So when you write a book, you want to make sure that you have people that will review it. So blog tours where bloggers get advanced reader copies is one really good way to do that. When I published my first novel, I had over 100 bloggers sharing on my release day. And some of them did uh, reader reviews, some of them did um, guest posts, some did interviews. But the idea was that I wanted my name and my title, my cover, and as many news feeds as possible. And you want to leverage other people's communities so that way you can get that exposure. So one big mistake I see often is a person thinks that, okay, I'm going to get it gorgeously designed. It's like the best book ever, and then they publish it, and then they share it on their Twitter or on their Facebook a couple times, and then they get totally depressed or discouraged when the book doesn't sell. And you have to realize that the books that are selling are not selling on their own. They're not, it's not just the author there. There are bloggers, there are authors who are co-promoting for you, there are, um, pub, you know, different, there's a variety of ways to do publicity. And what you want to make sure is that you are reaching out well in advance to all of these different people, to friends in the writing industry, to other authors, to book bloggers in your genre, and get them on board to help you promote your book. 
So, for example, for traditionally published authors, it is generally two years from your book signing, contract signing, that your book will actually be published. And the reason for that is one is they go through a very in-depth editorial process, which all of us as authors should do. But then the majority of that time is spent on promotion. That's why we see, you know, a book getting published, you know, once a year for a series because they want to build up that publicity and that marketing for each title. And they've really mastered the art of the tease. So, for example, fiction authors, there are a few things that you can really get good with in terms of sharing. You want to be really great on social media in terms about sharing your journey and connecting as much as possible on a personal level with other people in the industry. So when I jumped into, I actually had full intention to like finish up writing my first novel and go traditional. I didn't really have much knowledge about the indie community. And then I found this award-winning author who had written over 20 full-length novels in just over a year. And I was just so dumbfounded that that was actually possible that oh, I reached yeah. out to her. <laughs> and she has, I think, almost 90 titles under her belt at this point. She is a beast. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. She, yeah, I know. <laughs> She's a whole different kind of creature. Um, was she doing dictation? Do you know? No, she sat down, wrote. She would have. She like this is another bit of it. Is after all the marketing, you can get as technological as you want. I'll mention that in a minute um, about your strategy and about what how you leverage Amazon, all that. But for fiction authors, you have to write more books. If you don't write more books, it just won't work. So as a career author, you need to think about, all right, what's the next book I'm going to write? And you have to keep it going because that backlist is what's going to fuel and funnel your selling machine. So for her, she would outline a book, and she had this meticulous plot um, outlining process. She would go, you know, scene by scene, note card by note card, and she would do it for an entire series. One of her series was a 20-book series. And then she would set aside a week and write eight to ten hours a day. And that was her job. And she never deviated. She had a very strict schedule. And it was just like clockwork. She would put all the deadlines for herself for writing, then her deadline for her, she had a developmental editor, and then a deadline for her line editor, and deadlines for her cover design, and then deadlines for her author promotion team. And she just didn't, she did not deviate. And so I had this extraordinary, um, I, I was, <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, me being such a newbie, I didn't realize that this woman was just busy as all get out, and I just private messaged her, and I said, wow, you're incredible, and um, and we started up a conversation, and this is one thing that you'll find in the indie community is that 
authors, re- authors, bloggers, readers, we really want to support each other. And so she gave me the contact information for my first editors and designers and everything. She was just an absolute gem, and that's how I fell into the indie world. And when I did, I had decided that I would just get as connected in the community as possible. So most of my friends on Facebook were bloggers and readers and reviewers and designers and formatters, and it just went on and on and on. And I loved it because, you know, we're in this fiction world because we love to read, we love to write, and so I was just absolutely giddy. And, you know, we would share and and I would comment on blogs and everything. And I think that's something that we don't do enough is we want to be supported, but then we don't want to engage. And so when you're doing your writing, remember that there are so many out there that would be willing and happy to support you. But one, they need to know who you are. And also, you know, they're much more likely to support someone that they've seen in their feed than somebody who just randomly messages them and say, hey, will you, you know, give me a spot on your blog some, you know, on this date. So get really engaged with the community. Get really engaged with people in the industry. And from the beginning, create an email list. This is my greatest regret that I have is I did not create an email list. I created the email list when I was pretty much um, transitioning into business versus uh, fiction at the time. And I I did, like, I – for me, I started my email list when I already had a few books out, and so I made my first book free and for this email list. My books could not be purchased or anything for free anywhere except by getting on my email list. And within an hour, I had over a 1,000 subscribers. And part of that is because I had built up some of my community before then, um, and people knew me and I had a following. But if I had an email list when over a hundred bloggers and Facebook pages had shared my book early on and my you know my initial sales and debut happened, then I know that email list would have been so much greater. And what happens is there is so much noise in publishing it for readers that's really hard for them to stay connected with an author. So they might have loved your book, but then in a year when you write your next one, they forgot your name. You know, they'll think, oh, yeah, that book that I read that, you know, but they'll forget, like, the, the title and the name. And so you've lost a lifelong reader, whereas if you're in their inbox telling them, hey, I have a new release coming up, I have – um, I'm doing a cover reveal, things like that, then you're constantly on their mind and they're going to feel more connection to you. And the more connected they feel to you and the books that you're putting out there, the more likely they're going to continue buying. I know for me and my favorite authors, I'm ridiculous. I buy the hardcover, the print book, the ebook, the audio book. <laughs> and that's what... That's what really devoted 
author uh, readers will do is that they'll continue to buy and then they'll buy your book for friends. And so you want to make sure you have great branding. You want to make sure that you have leverage the community as much as possible. So really getting engaged with other people in the industry and then having them promote for you. And say you've already released your book. It can be for a um, – it could be for some other promotion. Say another book is coming out. Or say you just want to, you know, up sales for a period of time. You know, it can be for any reason. And then the other piece – and then starting your email list, an absolute must. And then the other bit is – you want to you want to look at things like keywords on Amazon and you also want to look at how you can okay, there's lots of more technical pieces so there's Facebook ads you'll see that very often Facebook ads for for books you'll see but I would say right now the effect of that of like directly to a book sales page is becoming less effective and so that's a better tool for building your email list um, for a period of time it was super effective but there's been a shift in that and now there's been more talk about Amazon ads so that's something that authors can also look into um, but you want to look at things like keywords so you can put in uh, a name of an author that is in your same genre you can put in um, looking at this is more techie thing is you'll find that there are so many different lists on Amazon and for exposure that's why you want to get on those lists because when people see top 100 of anything they're going to be like oh okay cool like it's a recommendation that they should check into you so one thing you can do is you look into all the various categories that are relevant to your book and then you start to look at the ones that have least competition so for example romance might have 50,000 titles, but then when you click through and you find gothic romance has 2,000 titles, then that's a keyword you want to put into your um, into your author dashboard when you're setting your thing up because you want to have a mix of the broader categories and also those really specific ones because then you have one ch better chance to get onto some of those lists, but two, you have the the broader appeal as well when you're setting everything up so those are a bunch of different things one and like i said earlier um you know after all that you still the number one thing you really need to do is just keep writing and keep producing books because a lot of times people don't really hit their their stride until their fourth or fifth book and and that's for indie authors and traditionally published authors and so just having the perseverance and tenacity to really look at your business the book books as a business 
and tweak and experiment and explore, but also keep writing and producing. So that way the readers that do fall in love with you can stick with you along the journey. Wow, that's amazing. I actually had a whole list of questions that came up as you were talking about all that stuff. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so <Here> with them. <laughs> the first one would be, you mentioned cover design. So do you think it's important mm -hmm. that they know ahead of time sort of what they want the design to look like? Like, should they go look at other books in their genre and sort of get an idea mm -hmm. before they go to the designer? Or should they just leave it up to the designer to know, you know, how to design a book and to just let them sort of do what they know is going to be something that actually sells versus what they have in their mind, which may not actually match up with what would actually sell. That's such an awesome question. And that, oh, I love it. Okay, so um, this is one of the biggest mistakes I do see for authors when they're approaching designers. They'll think of a scene from their book and they're like, oh, yeah, and I need this scene and I need this ring and I need that person standing in the background and I need blah, 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 like all this stuff. They want to like cram their book onto a cover or they really want like a scene of the book played out on the cover. And that does not sell. So just take that off your mind. <laughs> Any author, take that off your mind. Because what happens is that that actually can make the cover feel really like crammed. It can make it feel really busy. It can f make it feel very unprofessional. The keys to a really good cover is a lot of time simplicity. You know, there's like the character or there's the face or there's the the scenery. Um, but the, the really dominant thing that an author needs to think about because a, a cover designer is not going to read your book. But and a really good cover designer can translate your vision into pixels, but they need guidance. So if I'm writing a romantic comedy and I'm like, it's about two people who fall in love and there's tragedy, but they get over it. Um, but it's a comedy. It's written in the style of comedy. Then just based off of, you know, my little one liner, the, the designer doesn't have anything to go off of. So what you want to do is you want to think about what's the tone of my book? What's the vibe of my book? You know, what what would I say the characters are like? What kind of other books are similar to my book? That sort of thing. And you can go and you can create essentially a little vision board or mood board around that. So you can think of, you know, books that have the same vibe, the same, like, coloring. So, for example, my first book um, was um, really dark and gritty. And, you know, I have plans for other books that are going to be much more lighthearted. So think about the, the colors, the feeling you want to get across in that cover. And a good designer will be able to take that feeling, that vibe, and that inspiration, and then whatever else you give them and turn it into a book cover that will sell. Because in the end, it's all about the emotional appeal of when a reader is scrolling. I like that. That's a really good tip. I think that that's something, I, even for my own self here, making me think, okay, like, that's something, because my cover designer actually does read my novel before he designs the cover, um, mm. but he's a friend of mine, so it makes sense that he would do that. <laughs> I understand that 
somebody else not being able to do that because they're so busy. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like I like that idea. Yep, and that's one one thing too. Okay, so if somebody reads your book, that's awesome. But if a designer gives you like an intake form and it's just the most basic thing ever, <laughs> then um, I would question that unless you have a one-on-one conversation or something. Because a really good designer is going to ask you questions like, how do you want the viewer to feel? How, what is the vibe of your book? What kind of, you know, and then they'll give you, they might give you examples. But if they don't really include those feeling words, then I would be sure to put them in, but if they do, then just know that that's that's a very good sign. Um, Okay, so you mentioned that you had 100 people that helped you on your first book launch. So Mm -hmm. just to sort of get an idea, is it sort of like the guest posting thing? You just reach out to them and after you've made a connection and just ask them to do it, or did people sort of, I mean, like, did you sort of make a list Mm -hmm. of like 100 people you thought would help and then reach out to them, or... Like, how did you sort of manage all of that? Yeah, yeah. So um, there's much more organized ways of doing it uh, <laughs> than how I did it. So, But I knew I wanted 100 people. Um, that's, I went into it knowing that. Because one thing I will say is if you're doing a launch, if you get less than 20 people, then unless they have massive audiences – then you're not going to get the traction you want. So look at either promotion partners who do have those massive followings or focus on a quantity of people that um, that you're going to have helping you out. So for me, I had at that point lots of connections with bloggers and things, so I just did a call out, hey, who wants to um, – who would be willing to support me in my – in my launch. And so I got a bunch of people that way. And then I did get a person to help organize my blog tour and she was awesome. So she's essentially like an author assistant and um, she then reached out to her network of bloggers and helped fill in the gaps of those people. And now here's a bit too, is that you can get, some really wonderful people um, to assist you for not that expensive. Of course, like everything in life, there are ranges. You know, you can pay $10 for something. You can pay $20,000 for something. And that's awesome. The That budget spectrum is there for a reason. But for me, at where I was, you know, she was able to help and support me and take that off my my shoulders um and i think it was less than a couple hundred bucks and you know she's my friend to this day again it's about those connections and um so look into people that who would be willing to organize for you especially if you're going for those really big numbers because they have access to bloggers that you might not and then it is about just reaching out and making personal connections Perfect. Awesome. So you said something about, like, obviously the email list, which obviously is like, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. That's Mm -hmm. one of the most important pieces of marketing in general. Um, But 
for actually writing the emails to people or, like, giving them updates. You mentioned, like, talking about your process or sharing, like, the book cover and what's coming out and all this stuff. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of fiction authors have this fear that if they talk about themselves or if they talk about non, like, what I would call a nonfiction topic, so, like, sharing about their process or talking about, um, you know, where their ideas come from, that they think they're going to push away readers because then they're only going to attract people who want to write. And for some reason, writers tend to think that re- writers don't read, which I think is hilarious because I'm like, of course, writers read. But um, <laughs> so how, how do you deal yeah. with that aspect of it and, and still yeah. feel like you're marketing your fiction? Yeah, absolutely. So you want to do both in terms of or let me let me backtrack. So you want to share your process and your journey. But you also want to share things relevant to the fiction book. So things around your characters, things around the story itself, things around, um, uh, let's say, and it really depends. So for me, like, I'm very involved in the the young adult market. So you want to look at your market and see what they're really going to be excited about. So for my young adult market, even though it, you know, young adult and, and adults, you know, everybody reads the genre, they love getting character sketches. So, you know, like interviews with the character themselves, um, a scene that um, blurbs from the book itself. So say you, you know, finish writing, you can start to piece out teasers from the book. That's huge. Um, Imagery, like say you find a celebrity that looks just like the character you you know have in a book, you can send that like my my dream cast of characters. So for fiction, there is the piece where you want to share part of your journey and what you're up to, but things like cover reveals and uh, focusing on your characters and teasers and giveaways all those are really essential in order for you to really pull in fiction readers too and um like you mentioned you know writers read and readers write so they're going to be inspired and pulled into like just your process and your story and what inspired you to get going um but you want to also satisfy their just desire to be just wrapped up in the world that you're creating. So, you know, for, um, for let's say, say your book is, is based somewhere, then you can also like on your pages, like say it's based in Spain, you can put a picture of Spain. You want them to feel like they're coming into your space and they're already in your world. So when they get the book, they feel like they've been waiting for it all along. Awesome. Gotcha. I like that too. I think that's probably something that I could work on more as well because I, I haven't, I, I have obviously email lists and things for my books, but I haven't have one specifically just for my fiction. And I feel like it's time to maybe start doing that more and like actually start sending stuff related to my fiction and not just my nonfiction. So you're inspiring mm-hmm. me to do that. <laughs> and it's so um, much fun. It is, I swear, oh my goodness, I swear up, down, left, right, that it is the most fun thing to do. Ever because when you get a lot of avid readers 
and they're really into what you're putting out there, the engagement and the community, it's unlike anything else I've seen. So definitely run, do that because it's it's just it's so it's so enjoyable. So you obviously you do fiction, but then you also run a business where you help people write books. So do you send an email like what once a week to the, your fiction people, like, or do you have like a schedule for that versus your nonfiction coaching stuff mm-hmm. that you do, or do you sort of yeah. kind of do it when you feel like you have something to say versus like a schedule? Yeah. So I have been. One is all my my titles are now unpublished now that I am transitioning into the traditional market. So that is basically on hold um, completely right now. But when I was being really good with my fiction writers, I would message them a couple times a month um, unless I was in a promotion season. So if I knew that I was having a book release come up, then I would um, message them maybe once a week. and then I'd also host lots of giveaways and teasers and blurbs and stuff like that. So when it got closer to a book launch, I was more frequent. And then when there wasn't, then I would do maybe a, like a monthly newsletter to just keep everybody updated because I didn't want, like, unlike business, um, unlike with, you know, with business lists, a lot of times people are really, you know, they're sort of aware that a weekly newsletter is a thing and, um, or even more frequent than that. And so they're prepared for that in general. Readers, unless it's something that's going to really excite a reader um, more broadly, not just your book, say you're, you know, partnering with other people and they're offering a book for free and so you're helping promote that sort of thing. Um, they're less, they're less, you know, they're not going to want you in their inbox every day unless there's something really awesome going on, you know, on every day. So for me, it was a monthly or so newsletter. And then I did up it when it wasn't a promotion season. Gotcha. Perfect. That was the perfect answer because that's exactly what I was thinking was maybe like once every other week, send them something unless I'm promoting a book specifically. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's perfect. Um, okay, the last question I had for you, and then if there's anything else you want to add, is who are, like, either people or brands, the top five publishing slash book marketing pros that you follow online that you think people should be following because they have, like, the best information when it comes to that kind of thing? Mm, if you okay. can think of that many. Yeah, yeah. So I actually uh, read authors very often, traditionally published authors that have um, – that have really honest blogs and those sort of rotate in terms of, you know, who's being the most active. Um, So um, let me think like Maggie, Steve Otter used to be very big in blogging and she used to be really honest about, you know, what it's like to have an editor, you know, what it's like to um, get a book deal, you know, querying, getting critique partner, things like that really great and supportive um she's less she doesn't blog as much anymore Uh, another one is john green um has a channel with his brother and some of his early videos were a lot around 
um, his process of getting published and, you know, the pros and cons. Like, he had a, like, a movie deal long before any movie actually came, and that first movie deal totally fell through. And so you see, you know, he's really honest about, like, what that looks like. And there's a whole thing around movie deals and, and fiction that I just love to talk about, too. But um, so I look for look for authors you love and see if they have blogs. And if they do, like, do a search around writing or marketing. Now, uh, Joanna Penn, the creative pen, also puts out lots of information, and she has a a great YouTube channel um, for both nonfiction and fiction um, writers. So she's great at putting out information for both. And um, she also talks about like foreign rights and, you know, getting your books translated. And then she's pretty good about updating, you know, when new things come along. And she does lots and lots and lots of interviews. I forget what her um interview series used to be i used to follow it um very regularly but check out joanna penn uh, on youtube and you'll find some of those so when you have access to any author or interview that's where i have found the best information because they're really honest about you know the pros and the cons and really going into the process your eyes wide open um I think Justine Lara Baster, I always mess up her last name. Um, she was a fiction author, but I just read a blog of hers yesterday, and she was just talking about, you know, the changing industry with, like, ebook publishing and what it's like for traditional authors and um, the, you know, the, the glory and the mess of it all. So, yeah, look for authors and uh, see if they have blogs, and even old blogs are super, super helpful. Fantastic. That's a great list. And actually, um, I follow Joanna for years, and her stuff is great. So, yeah, that's yeah, a good absolutely. one. Another mm -hmm. author who I would throw in there, and I don't know I don't know if she blogs as much. I don't follow her as much, but she used to blog a lot. Um, her name is Allison Wynn-Scotch. She's also a traditionally published best-selling author, um, I believe New York Times best-selling. But, um, awesome. yeah, she blogs a lot, too. It's really good content from her. So, all right. Well, that's that was awesome. all the questions. Um I would love to just, if you want to share with them where they can find you, where they can connect with you more, or anything you have going on that you want to let them know about. Sure, sure. So um, the best place to come hang out with me is in my Facebook group for authors. Uh, it is facebook.com slash the Bleed Inc. Tribe. And um, you can see my Bleed Ink Retreat at bleedinkinbali.com. And I'd love for people to come hang out. It's a great little community. And, you know, I am there answering questions and posting videos, but also so many in the community are really supportive of each other. So that's what I would say. Just come on and hang out and let's all just celebrate and charge forward in this big old writing publishing journey together. Awesome. This was so great. I really, really appreciate you being here and telling them all this stuff because I think this is going to really inspire them to see that you can make a living as an author. You can actually sell novels. You just have to be willing to do the work. So 
Absolutely. Really, really appreciate that. Thank All you right, for guys, having me. You are so welcome. Anytime. And anytime you have something going on, please let me know because I would love to promote it for you and, you know, whatever whatever you want to, you know, get out there, more than happy to, to help with that. So please let me know. Thank you. All right, guys, that is it. If you have any additional questions when you listen to the replay, just put them in the comments on the Facebook group, and I'll be sure to send them to Rocky to get answers for you. Um, that is all for us. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.